0: Oh, my God.
1: Welcome to Open Mind UFO Radio. I am your host Alejandro Rojas and I am here with my good friend Martin Oldfella Old fella? Yeah.
2: Is that like old Yella?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Hey, <sighs> how you doing?
1: Uh not too bad. So, and I said that just because you were you were the one who was saying, "Oh, you'll find that out when you get my age." You said something like that as if you're some kind of old timer. <laughs>
2: oh, yes. Just trying to guide you properly. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, thank you. Thanks for looking out for me, old feller.
2: (laughs) You betcha. You betcha.
1: So let's get right into it. Um, First of all, do you have any grievances to air in uh, to represent those who are frustrated that I haven't had a show in a few weeks?
2: uh, No. Actually, uh, you know how busy I've been. So uh, it was actually just. Uh maybe everyone else has been too busy too you know it's a busy
1: time of year it has although i just got one email he's like i just became a patreon patron of yours and now you don't even have any <laughs> shows <laughs> Heck yeah, good oh. point. Sorry about that. But yeah. it happens, you know, this time of year, right before the UFO Congress, I get so busy that this happens, and I'm I'm kind of hit or mm-hmm. miss when it comes to shows, and uh, so my guest, I, I ought to talk about that. Today is Karen Brard of the International UFO Congress, and essentially, we're talking about some of our adventures of the last couple of weeks, so people can know what I'm up to, but also... Uh, to share, you know, about the Congress and what's going on because we're we're only a few weeks away and no. uh, so we're just extremely busy getting everything ready. There's so much to get ready. It takes so long. So that's, that's where I've been. So I apologize that I've been away, but uh, hopefully these next few weeks I'll be able to put some shows together. I got some exciting speakers coming up. But this show is a lot of fun with Karen and I. First of all, you get to hear about our adventures in the last couple of weeks, which I think you're going to find are pretty interesting. Some of them harrowing. Uh, and then also, you'll get to hear about. Um, uh, the speakers, because we have some really cool speakers, and, and, and you know, not everybody's like you and I, Martin, where we know so much about all these people in the field because <laughs> we've interviewed them. Uh, mm-hmm. So they don't know some of these names, so we get to bring them up to speed and tell them what's so great about all these people.
2: Yes, um, and I'm sure you've noticed this, too. There's a lot of new people listening yeah. to the shows. Oh, right. And, Good point. You know? a heck of a lot uh, a big change in, in, in my show I'm sure it's the same in yours
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: so and also about putting together an event people don't realize uh, if you've never put together an event before you have no it, it's just hard to believe the amount of work that can go into that uh, it's just so much and you have to you, you that show is just run so smoothly you, you just put so much uh, you know good energy into that and uh, so, uh, Well thank I you. can't wait. We have Coming good right
1: volunteers. Of course, you're one of them who's, who's behind the scene, uh, helping us out with that. And you will be again this year, but, uh, yeah. And uh, it's so much work. It can put the strain on a relationship if you're doing it with uh, your significant other. And let's see if anybody can identify any t- strain in our voices. <laughs> when we're talking. Yeah, yeah, during our okay. interview with Karen, we just got in this big fight. We threw stuff. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to leave that part in on the show. Oh, good. No, I'm just kidding. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. But uh, it, it, let's. I guess we can go ahead and get into the news because there's a lot of news this week. Yeah, a tremendous amount. I can't believe it. So I'll
2: start okay. um, on space.com, a great website. Uh, this is about Bernie Sanders. And uh, he was recently, um, you know, interviewed by Joe Rogan, and this is about UFOs, of course. So the title of this is Bernie Sanders pledges to release any information about aliens if he's elected in 2020. And uh, so it basically says that presidential candidate uh, Bernie Sanders uh you know from vermont uh says he's prepared to disclose any government information about unidentified unidentified flying objects but only if he wins and mainly because his wife jane asked him to and he says well i'll tell you how does he talk well i'll tell you my wife would demand it i'll let you know sanders told a you know not podcast. bad was that okay
1: that was okay. We, yeah. there's a little bit of Nixon in there. It sounded like, but <laughs> it was there was a lot of burning
2: all right. All right. well, Joe Rogan, um, you know, I, I really think that he um you know, he may be wanting to appease um you know, Joe Rogan's audience. and, you know, I'm sure he won a lot of people over with that. But according to him, you know, I mean, uh, Rogan asked him if Jane was UFO nut and Sanders, he denied it. Um, however, she has been pressing, according to Sanders, she's been pressing the candidate about uh, what information he might have right now as senator.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. That's so, all. yeah, go ahead. Oh, just these couple little comments. It becomes such a big deal, or at least oh, generated right. a lot of stories.
2: Well, it's just the same as when uh, George Stephanopoulos uh, asked the president. It was just like a sentence or two, but yeah, uh, it really did. It did make a lot of headlines.
1: Yeah, and there have been some debates. Nick Pope posted something that, you know, I don't know this is if this is going to win you a presidency. It didn't for Hillary, because she talked about doing That's the true. same, although someone else, Anthony LePay, actually, in a Twitter, responded and said, hey, actually, Hillary won. She got millions of more votes than uh, than Trump. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Nick had to say, well, good point, but uh, although he said, I don't know if those votes came because of the UFO thing, but it is curious. I wonder how many may, and I wonder if this will influence anybody. There's got to be at least a handful who it may influence.
2: I would say a handful. You're probably right.
1: But just a few.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't think it's—it's not nothing to, you know, win an election— uh, Joe gets a huge amount of people that uh, watch the show and uh, you know on YouTube uh, for instance alone and I'm sure um, you know that had something to do with it but you know um, you know it is interesting that his wife is pushing
1: him on it mm-hmm So So. Joe Rogan is the reason this Area 51 thing has become huge. So surprisingly, you know, Joe Rogan's been a UFO skeptic over the years. But he had on the show Jeremy Corbell, who brought with him Bob Lazar to talk about his recent Bob Lazar film. And interestingly enough, Rogan feels that uh, I guess he was convinced by the Bob Lazar film that there's something to all of this, and so he's been into uFOs and I guess because he's covered this and and it became you know a big story because he covered it uh this kid as a joke who isn't even into UFO what Matty Roberts created that area fifty one storm area fifty one thing mm-hmm. as a joke, and now that's become this huge thing so rogan man it it's surprising how uh you know how influential this guy is.
2: Amazing. I had no idea the two were connected.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what inspired him. And uh, so, in fact, Jeremy's going to have some news coming up very soon here that he's going to be sharing about Area 51 and this whole Storm Area 51 thing because, you know, it was his film and his appearance on Rogan that uh, inspired all of this. But uh, it's definitely getting a lot of news. So I had a story where I interviewed at Comic-Con Luis Elizondo about right. Storm Area 51. And you can see that on Den of Geek and also in the headlines there. And Lou said, essentially, don't do it. But uh, a couple other stories that I listed here on NPR. The uh, guy, Maddie, who created Storm Area 51 says, don't do it. That's um, right. There's mm-hmm. also uh, a little bit of history because some people might have noticed that the uh, the Storm Area 51 Facebook page disappeared. Then it came back. So the Las Vegas Review Journal did a story on that. Uh, ABC News here in Arizona covered a story that the Storm Area 51 kid uh, was contacted by the FBI. CNET yeah. wrote that, uh, you know, if you want to look at Area 51, go to Google Maps and you can see all kinds of stuff at Area 51. So people have been attack- tackling tackling this story from all kinds of different directions, but it's generated quite a lot of headlines.
2: Now when they took that down and uh which I thought they would because it was illegal, but now I guess what he has done is kind of rebooting it with more uh you know, not so much storm it but let's, you know, make an event out of it. Yeah. And do you think that's why they reposted it?
1: I don't know. That's a very good question because they're they're kind of being shady about it. That Facebook said they did it on accident sort of thing. I don't buy that at all. I was I looking don't at the whole history. No way. And they told him he he violated the community uh, standards, which he did. You and I talked Mm -hmm. about this. How he's the event to storm the gates is illegal. Exactly. So to your point, you know, and he has been posting about, hey, let's not really storm the gates, but let's turn this into a festival, which local businesses are also thinking of doing. Uh, and uh, and that probably did. I'm sure he had to say, hey, I'm going to promote don't storm the gates. Let's have a festival, and maybe then they said, okay, then we'll let you do it again.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I wonder, yeah, I still wonder, you know, uh, it, it'll be very, I know you said you may attend it, um, yes. but it will be interesting if people actually, um, you know, do jump across the line or run across the line or whatever. I know, I hope yeah. not. But here's the thing.
1: Rachel Nevada, the town, posted uh, something on their website, which is something that everybody has to think of. There are no facilities. I mean, there's a there's a little alien, which is a bar with, like, seven rooms. Oh, yeah. That's Cafe, it. Whatever. So mm-hmm. they have actually designated some land there for camping, and so has uh, another uh, facility, the Alien Research Center, which is out there nearby. Uh, however... You know, there, there's no gas station anywhere near. There's no water there in the desert. There's no stores you can buy stuff from. There is nothing out there. If you don't bring a lot of provisions, you could die in the desert before you even get to the gate. So, Did you, um,
2: Wow. Did you ever hear like during the gold rush in California that the people that sold shovels and sold food made more money than the people that... You uh, were looking for gold. Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> so.
1: That's so funny. And, you know, people come out here to search for the Dutch, uh, super, Dutch like, treasure. They're supposed to be the Dutchman's treasure out here at the Superstitions Mountains. And, you know, mm. they figure, oh, we'll go out in the summer because, you know, they're from the Midwest or something. They think the weather's going to be better if we go in the summer. And they die because it's wow. 110 degrees, it's the desert people. They get hot and they die every summer. We have people die looking for this thing uh, from from out of state, ah, so they don't crazy. figure. It. Actually, you should probably come in February if you're going to do it. That's when the weather is like mm-hmm. your summer here in mm-hmm. the Phoenix area. But uh, it's the same sort of thing. If you're not prepared, uh, you know, you could be in a lot of trouble. So hopefully, people will be prepared, especially you know. There's just this one two lane highway. And then these dirt roads, if all of this gets crowded, people could be stuck. It could be a total, you know, safety nightmare. So I know the locals are considering that. Uh, I think others are as well. So, uh, yeah, that's another consideration if you're thinking about going out there. In fact, uh, I'm still considering going out there, uh, but I am, you know, keeping this in mind and coordinating with some friends um, and colleagues on that, that front. So uh, just you got to be really prepared and then also be prepared for, you know, some of these side roads getting all, you know, backed up and then you're stuck. So uh, you got to be really careful, I think.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm going to go out there with a semi truck full of uh, food and water. Very, very, very expensive.
1: Great idea. Five dollars a bottle.
2: Oh, no, no. Ten at least. Ooh,
1: so you're going to make more money than me. $45
2: $45 cheeseburgers, you know, all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Well, do what you got to do. Otherwise, no. there has been a little bit of uh, To the Stars and Tom DeLong news. Um, he, A couple of us have written stories, including I wrote a story for the Roswell Daily Record about a co- congressman who's looking for UFO answers. And I think this is pretty mm-hmm. exciting. So he wrote a letter um, this uh, to the Secretary of the Navy. And this is a guy who is in the House, Mark, Mark Walker. Walker, yep, from mm-hmm. North Carolina, who's on the House Committee on Homeland Security, and is a ranking member of the Subcommittee of Intelligence and Counter uh, Counterterrorism, and he says, hey, you know, these are safety concerns. If you and the Navy are chasing these things around, then they are more, you know, this is something we need to know. This could pose a threat. So it's interesting he knew that. He was very uh seem to very much know about the Navy's plan. But he goes on. He also talks about ATIP, the Pentagon program, advanced aerospace threat identification program. And he talks about how, you know, if that ATIP existed and the Navy was seeing these things and invest and ATIP was looking into them, but then you close down ATIP, according to the New York Times, that means you're not looking into this and that's his concern. Why aren't you looking into this? Are you looking into this? What have you found if you are looking into this? Um, he also quotes, and I think this is from a Tyler Rogaway story. He talks about how uh, you've talked, how it's been said that, you know, the Navy has said that the Chinese are already working on these technologies. I think suggesting that the Chinese could be. Uh You know what these are, but still saying, if the Chinese have something next generation technology way beyond ours, that's something that we should know. So we seem to be familiar with a lot of the news out there, and I link to some of these stories on in, in the drive and and elsewhere that have covered all of this um so he seemed to be very well aware of all of this stuff, which I think is exciting because if they answer his questions, he pretty much directly asks, you know do you have an A tip like program that's, that's rolling? And and we know that despite the DOD saying that they closed ATIP, that Lou Elizondo says, no, they didn't close it. I worked on that program until I retired in October 2017. And when I retired, uh, somebody took over for me. He told me it was a high-level official that took over running the program for him and that the program exists, although he told me it's under a different name now.
2: You know, we uh, people in the UFO field have been saying, you know, basically echoing what this guy is saying, f- and for you know, uh, decades. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, since uh, you know Project Blue Book closed. Uh, right. They, you know, that's, um, you know, but it's really good that it's actually someone in Congress this time, it's, instead of you know you or I or someone in the you know UFO field.
1: Exactly. That's what's exciting is that now, even though we've all been saying this for so long, now they're finally paying attention. And why mm-hmm. to the stars, really? And uh, in fact, this is so cool. MJ Benias, who's been on both of our shows, uh, mm-hmm. you know, several times, he's now writing for Vice uh, occasionally. I think this is only his second story, maybe more, but you know, he's only had a handful out there, maybe. But he wrote a story called Tom DeLonge's UFO Research Center is Making Politicians Demand Answers. So he right. wrote about all of this, but from the perspective of, hey, this is all due to Tom DeLonge and to the stars. And he's right, and he makes that argument in his article uh, that this is really all due to their efforts, um, which is true. So that's, that's you know, people ask, uh, you know, well, what's going on? What have they done? This is what they've done. They finally, because mm-hmm. of their efforts, you know, it's not just, like you said, it's not just us asking those questions. It's people with much better connections, which mu- with much better ability to actually get answers. Uh, although, this letter was submitted July 16, and it appears that there has been no response as of yet, <laughs> at least that has been publicly shared.
2: And now they're, you know, they're, it's vacation time. Yeah. So... You know, know it's our, almost been a month. Weeks. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know how long these things typically take before they are responded to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's another thing to find out about, really.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. But this was another comment, uh, another story, because, you know, To the Stars and Tom DeLong are getting in the news quite a bit. Tom DeLong has gotten in the news a little more uh recently because he's he's starting up this tour of Angels and Airwaves, his uh his band, and they're gonna be touring around. Get this. Talk about coincidence. Uh, Tom DeLong is playing uh September fourth, the day the UFO Congress begins at in Tempe at the Marquee. Oh my god, that's
2: just around the corner.
1: That is literally just a few miles away from the Congress.
2: That's right. Oh my god. That's and bizarre. I,
1: I actually asked him, "Could are, you know? Do you think you could pass by? Were you planning on it?" And he said, "No. He he he's so crazy busy." And then they have after to really that,
2: focus on when they're yeah, they've you know, got playing. a new yeah.
1: show in another town every other day, so they're super mm-hmm. packed. Um, mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, yeah, he won't be passing by, and uh, of course, but uh, yeah, so that's really cool. What a coincidence, huh?
2: That is. Really, something! Wow.
1: Yeah, something's going on out there. The universe wants this to happen. One other right. story from Tom DeLonge is this is kind of funny. This is the even in the, the, this is the headline. This quote, which is the best part of the story, Tom DeLong says, "If I played Blink One Eighty Two the aliens, oh, yeah. they would get really offended and start an interplanetary war."
2: I saw that, and uh, I know ne- I didn't read through that particular one. Uh, i was i was actually wondering though no, what exactly he meant by that
1: oh i think he's kidding that you know people make fun of blink 182 quite a bit cuz they're kid songs you know they're they're skater punk rock kid fun songs about you know girls and and uh being a goofball and i think that's what he means oh i get it uh-huh. you know because people always tease them all the goofy stuff they did in the videos and everything and we're supposed to take this guy seriously now but come on
2: I get it who I get didn't it. Yeah. do
1: goofy stuff when they were kids
2: yeah yeah for sure boring
1: people I guess I'll right. tell you what I did some goofy freaking stuff that's for sure and I'm sure you yeah. did too no 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 very yes, yeah. what was the mm-hmm. goofiest thing you did
2: oh god I can't I can't, I can't. can you think of any a, goofy a thing
1: you can think of one uh, mm, falling
2: off a quarry. Oh and, my god! Into the water and missing my head by, uh, you know, uh, yeah,
1: that oh was kind of silly. Oh my
2: goodness! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many. It was at probably forty feet down.
1: Holy moly! Uh, into the water though. Thank yeah. goodness. How and then her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
2: Silly stuff. I guess that's kind of goofy.
1: That's pretty goofy. You're goofy. All right, your turn. All right, uh, for a goofy story, something oh, goofy yeah. I did.
2: Oh. Yeah, we have we have we have a couple minutes.
1: Oh my <laughs> gosh, I did so much goofy stuff. Um, let's see. Oh, I guess here's a goofy one. Uh, here's a goofy Tom DeLonge-ish, Las Vegas-ish story because it's a party story. So we at college, we go to Las Vegas. And we would do it, This was actually for NAB, and it's kind of nerdy because it was with the radio station. We were out there to buy a new trans uh, uh, piece of equipment <laughs> for the station. And so we all go out there, and of course, we get crazy. And uh, so I started talking to this girl who's about our age. And then there was a Sony party, and I was in a suit for some reason. I guess we dressed up. For talking meeting with some of these people to buy equipment and uh luckily our professor wasn't there and i grabbed her and just because she had this black dress on and i walked through into the sony party and they had a, a famous comedian there i mean it was like this really swanky party and uh and then we left and it was pretty funny oh, th- it got even worse So then we left, and I'm too drunk to even enjoy all of this. So then we leave, and then there's some guy who's, like, telling the girl to come over here, come over here. And I'm like, what's going on? And so she's like, sorry, I got to go. And she leaves, and there's this guy. And my buddies are like, dude, that was an escort. She was like... (laughs) And I think they are right that that was like her boss was like, quit wasting time with that college kid. You know, he doesn't have any money. And they were right, you know. So, uh, you know, you got to... But she was having fun because we were being real goofy. So I was, I was yeah. heartbroken. Wow, I got yeah. sad. I was like, Would and but it liked was, her?
2: You
1: so that it was, was true love. That was kind of wow. a fun, crazy story. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, I didn't get in trouble.
2: That's right. Wow.
1: Well, there we go. The last part was not UFO news, but that was our in honor of goofy Tom DeLong and Blink One Eighty Two. Fun, crazy kid goofiness stuff uh little moment that's right and we're just about plum out of time we are out of time so thanks so much for joining us martin you're very welcome as always all right well after this break we'll be back with karen broad and we'll be talking about the 2019 International UFO Congress. So stay tuned. Those of you listening on a radio show will hear uh, some commercials. The rest of you will hear a short musical interlude and we'll be right back. You're listening to Open Minds UFO Radio. (music) Hello and welcome to Open Mind GFO Radio. We're back and we have with us Karen Brar, the owner of the International UFO Congress and my partner in crime.
0: Hi, everyone. Good to be here.
1: <laughs> and hi, honey. Hi. So I guess the first thing we could talk about is uh, our adventures which ones? We have so many, really. So we can, I can, so I can give an excuse as to why uh, I haven't had a show in a couple weeks.
0: Uh, I know what you're talking about now.
1: Yeah, you <laughs> should, because <laughs> so uh, I haven't had a show in a couple of weeks because first of all, we were at. Comic Con, and we'll talk about that. Let's we'll talk about Comic Con a little bit, and then we'll talk about uh Move On Symposium because that's where we've been the last couple of weeks, and that's why I haven't had a show. And then we'll talk about where we are here and now getting ready for the Congress. We're in the last few weeks, of, so of course, we're scrambling to get ready. It's crazy, and, and listeners know actually that. Typically, the few weeks before the Congress, I I usually am kind of hit or miss if I'm going to have a show or not, because I never know what I'm super busy with. But we wanted to do this one because I think we have the schedule pretty much completely worked out, and I don't think we're going to have much in the way of surprises. Well, I mean, we do. We we have one thing that we're waiting to get confirmed on, but we're going to tell you about it anyway, I think. And then, and hope it comes true. I think it is, though. And uh, otherwise, everything's good.
0: So. Yes. I mean, to start off. Well, you know what? Just to start off. Yeah. If you haven't been to Comic-Con, you need to go to Comic-Con at least once. Why? Well, at least once. It's I amazing. Say. I mean, even if you can't get a ticket, just go down to San Diego because Comic Con isn't just going into the convention center, it's all over town. There's installations and activations here and there that you just can uh, wait in line and get into. And it's just so much fun. And you see all these people in costumes, and it's just the energy is incredible. I just had a really good time.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and you don't need a, a pass. Like last year, well, both of these years we had passes. So this year, I didn't have a press pass because they only give uh, Den of Geek uh, a certain amount. But, uh, well, to be honest, you know, uh, we kind of share passes, uh, which means only one person <laughs> at a time. But also... At the first night at the party, uh, there was someone who had to leave early. And so one of the publicists uh, gave me that badge. So I got to hear that. They're going to be one. looking
0: for Alejandro Rojas next year. You better not say that.
1: Well, we don't know. <laughs> they won't know.
0: That's true. You'll be John Snow.
1: <laughs> yeah, they won't know who I am. So anyway, uh, so I was able to get in. All right, you know, I need a press pass anyway because I have to go to different press events and stuff and, and you all probably have seen all my stories on those different events. Uh, essentially this time I was covering uh, the, um, which was one of my favorite, I think that's what I posted the most pictures of was uh, the, the Orville. And then the other one was, of course, Project Blue Book, which was a lot of fun. So,
0: Oh, yeah. So he um, went up to – at the end, they have a question and answer for the Blue Book panel. So he got there to answer a question. It was so cool because he got there and said, hey, I'm Alejandro Rojas. And two of the guys in the panel were like, oh, hey, Alejandro. They knew him because he had interviewed him. So that was pretty cool with this huge auditorium full of people, and they recognized you. Yeah, because,
1: of course, David O'Leary, who I've had on the show – was on the panel, and so was Mike Malarkey, who I've interviewed as well. And he heard my David O'Leary interview, so that was really fun. They remembered who I was, and they said, hey. And I had my Hynek t-shirt on that (laughs) I got from Ryan Sprague, so that was a lot of fun so people could see that. Uh, so yeah, that panel was cool because it pretty much the full cast was there, and it was the first time they gave any sneak peek as to the second season. And it looks like it'll be covering Roswell. But you can go to AlejandroTirojas dot com, or of course go to Den of Geek uh, to be to look at those uh, videos and uh, and articles that I wrote on uh, Project Blue Book. So, I guess that's the biggest thing. They're going to be covering something about Area 51. We don't know yet. They're going to be covering um, Roswell, and Mimi Hynek is going to have a bigger role because she's going to be helping Hynek investigate UFOs in this season. So, of course, this show is mostly fiction, even though it's based off of the real-life person, uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek. But at the UFO Congress, we will have Paul Hynek, who was Dr. Heineck's son, and he'll—he's a consultant for the Project Blue Book show. But he's also going to be giving us some insight on what it was really like to be a Heineck and to live in the Heineck household. I'll be interviewing him, and such a such a geek for the show and for uh, his father, Heineck. Uh, you know, I will definitely be asking a lot of questions about the the differences because there's quite a few differences between the real thing and the show.
0: Just a quick question. In the show, do they have kids in the show yet? Yeah, they have oh, okay. the so, oldest. So that's not Paul?
1: No, oh, okay. that's not Paul. And I wasn't sure, but they had the oldest who, uh, and then the, um,
0: I don't know if they'll, I think Paul maybe will be a baby next season or something like that. But he does remember, does he remember the Project Blue Book days or only after? Do you know? You'll have to find out yeah, at the Congress. See, there you go. Now you have to come and you have to find out.
1: Mm-hmm. So that was fun. What else? And then Orville was a lot of fun because we were, we got in, they had this cool thing where, and it's, this is funny. You can share your, so we, the press were the first ones to get into the Orville experience. Yeah, it's almost
0: like a museum that they had set up with costumes, weapons, masks, all sorts of fun things.
1: But, you know, we had to wait because literally they weren't finished. They were painting things. They were setting stuff up. Really, to be honest, the costumes and the props were awesome. But it was in this big room where they didn't do anything. The room was not special at all. So I think they were just like literally just finishing up. They must have just gotten there a few hours earlier.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's like they just rented an empty space. And like the the line is on one side of the building. I went around the corner where the back door is, and they're still spray painting backdrops and whatnot and still setting up inside. So that was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, that was funny. So they
0: got, they pulled it together. It looked. It looked cool.
1: Well, they had dim lights, yeah. and they were essentially just white walls, so not much on the wall. They had uh, the show or some kind of trailer thing they put together projecting on the wall, but they had a lot of props, and those were really cool guns and everything. And uh, it was actually really fun because I was in there at one point, and I was filming the—they uh, had a scale model of the Orville uh, Spaceship. And I guess for those of you who don't know the Orville, which would be surprising. uh, It's a great show. McFarlane created it, and he's the guy who is the main character. He's the one who created Family Guy, Funny Guy, and uh, I guess an attractive person. Yeah, he's very
0: attractive. (laughs) Interesting, almost. Yeah, he's got an interesting face, but he's attractive.
1: Well, his first mate and ex-wife is very attractive, too. And she was there, the actress. But anyway... Uh, I was filming the spaceship and like th- this guy came up and he said, here's a really cool shot. You should do it this way. Like go below and then come up. And he's like, that's a shot I like to do for the show. And I was like, are you the director of photography? He's like, no, I'm in head of uh, special effects. So that was really cool. I got to, and that was a good pointer, and I've used it since, you know, in taking pictures and, and little videos of spaceships. So that was a lot of fun. And then later on, at a, a different time, we got to come back, and we got the heads up that the cast was going to come in, and we were like. Well, we were second in line to interview Seth MacFarlane because he did a couple of interviews. Unfortunately, Sci-Fi Wire came in and they bumped they us. They stole his spot. So we didn't even get to talk to him. I didn't know who I was going to talk to. I had questions ready for every one of the actors. Yeah, he worked so hard on that. Because we got to write about them, and then uh, well, I mean, I love the show, so I wanted to ask questions from everybody. So we didn't get to talk to anybody, but we were there kind of in the press pit, so we yeah. got pictures very close, and you were real close to him. Yeah, them, I too.
0: mean, if I would have reached out, I could have touched him, but mm-hmm. I probably would have gotten it's arrested. It's good that you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> they had some scary looking aliens there. That's that true. They did. Might have taken you out. Oh yeah, so that was the, Comic Con. They had the what are the ones that they had a lot of, and the ones that Mary. Each other, yeah, same sex males. I can't remember. Uh, the, they had a bunch of those though.
1: <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, with the uh, the other cool thing about Comic Con was the Dead of Geek party for Comic Con, where uh, and the the surprise guests that we didn't tell anybody were Luis Elizondo and Sean Cahill. Now, that's exciting for you all because on the show Unidentified, of course, uh, Luis Elizondo is the main character or the main uh, investigator, and of course, he's the guy that all the buzz is about because he used to work for the Pentagon investigating UFOs, and Sean Cahill is great too, and a lot of my good buddies out there, uh, some of whom have interviewed him. I know Mike DeMonte, punk rock and UFOs, interviewed him. Uh, Danny Silva, I think he's interviewed him. I think maybe Joe Murga, UFO joe too that the guys i've had on the show have all interviewed him but super cool guy he was in one of the episodes he was actually the essentially the sheriff is the way he puts it on the uss princeton in 2004 when the event occurred and uh he had his own sighting there one night but um also uh he accompanied lou on the next next investigation, because they had coordinates of where Kevin Day, the radar operator, who's going to be speaking at the UFO Congress, he gave them coordinates as to where he was seeing these objects, which was near Guadalupe Island. So Sean Cahill on the show went with Louise to investigate Guadalupe Island. So he was there too. Even more exciting for us, also, uh, is that their their spouses were there, and and Lou's daughter, who uh, we we love, their family. Um funny enough, both their names are Jennifer, both their spouses. That so very cool people. So we had a great time hanging out with them and luckily their publicist for uh for the A and E was there. And so because usually, you know, we have to go through them and it's this big process to get an interview with Lou. Um, you know, as some of you know it's super hard. But uh, she was there, and after a couple of drinks, she noticed she seemed pretty happy. And I was like, <laughs> can I interview him? And she said, sure, go for it. So we got that interview.
0: Yeah, you got that up on Den of Geek, right?
1: Yep, so it's up on Den of Geek, and so people can check that out. And too. you also,
0: Sean was part of the interview also, correct?
1: Yeah, so. it was Lou and Sean. And the, I think the most pertinent question, I'm, I am mostly asked questions from the audience because it was kind of a fun night, and I thought I'd make it more of a a a thing community thing like that but or the other pertinent question that I asked was about Area 51 and storming Area 51 because that's all the big news and what he said was essentially don't do it
0: yeah he's a little worried he's very worried he's all like I'll go down there with my RV and I'll bring some water and I'll make sure no one gets into trouble and we're like you don't know what's going to be there how many people are going to be there I don't think some water bottles in your RV is going to be enough But he is right. Uh, But
1: regarding that, one of our speakers, Jeremy Corbell, and I think at this point I can kind of share at least this, he's going to be sharing some big plans about that Area 51 thing because – Uh, Lou's right in that that's a desert. And if you go to the website for Rachel, Nevada, the town that is nearby there where the little alien is, they're telling people this is a desert. There's no gas stations around here. There's no water out here. You better be prepared. It could be very dangerous if you're going to come out here. And uh, so the local authorities are worried about that. But Jeremy Corbell's working on something, and he's going to be sharing a lot of details to this very elaborate plan that's going on. So uh, you'll definitely – that will be some news from the Congress.
0: But just to clarify, they're not promoting actually storming Area 51. What they're trying to do is keep people in one place, more of a festival, more of just a celebration of – this topic, but they do not want anyone to go anywhere near the gates. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry, people.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's just a terrible idea. Of course, we've I've talked about that on the show quite a bit. Um, uh, the number of reasons why it is a very, very bad idea. So that was Comic-Con. So that was a lot of fun. Luckily, nothing too harrowing. Everything went as planned. Uh, then we came home, and what was it, like the next weekend?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, we got on? home at on Monday and then Friday, we took off again for California for the MUFON conference.
1: Yep, this time we drove to the MUFON symposium, and unfortunately, in the middle of the night, my engine—or no, and it wasn't the middle of the night. It was the middle of the night when we were dealing with it. But yeah. about the, two hours away from home, it was more than it was. No, it's more than that because it was right in the middle of the trip. Is at the border of California. We were at quartzite. When uh, we well six miles from Quartzite, when my engine essentially started dying and making a funny noise—a horrible, horrible loud noise—yeah, it threw a rod for those of you who know what that means. But uh, it does mean your engine's dead. So we got into Quartzite, and uh, they weren't able to do anything. Or no, we had to tow to Blythe because there's only a gas station at Quartzart.
0: That's right. We got a tow truck supply thinking, okay, this is putting us back one night. We're supposed to be at MUFON tonight, but maybe we can get there early in the morning. No luck. The next Mm -hmm. morning, no one there to fix it. So we had to call another tow truck.
1: Well, essentially what it was is that they were like, uh, you know, first of all, it sounds like it's the engine. And we were hoping it was something small. Uh, And essentially it's, you can't get anything like that done around these parts. (laughs) So... We had to get it towed all the way to Palm Springs, where we were. And luckily, on the way, we were able to find uh, a good mechanic. Oh, who- yeah.
0: Let's do a shout-out to Gonzalez Auto Repair in Palm Springs. Yeah. He's awesome. So, if you ever are in Palm Springs, or even if you don't know, and you need a new engine, he's the guy.
1: Yeah. Gonzalez was awesome because their prices were better than the dealership. Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah. But he was, like, right on time. Like, the it was a little over budget, but... Um, over our budget <laughs> well over what we had planned what we he had estimated the price would be but that was just because the engine ended up costing more than he thought but still a lot less way less than Kia and but time wise he he was right on the dot like he said I'll get that done we we essentially rented a car From palm to move on we were going to spend time in California so we needed it done uh, the next week and uh, he had it done well before then
0: yep so everything worked out. We got this nice Cadillac SUV for our our replacement car for the same price as the regular one. So that because it was out. like
1: the only it was the only good thing that happened at the whole trip. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: So that was a bummer. So we got to move on really late on Saturday and Sunday uh, is always a slow day. So we just kind of got there in time for things to wrap up. Uh, I guess the good thing about that, though, was I saw Jimmy Church and, um, you know, I'm usually too busy to listen to other shows and everything, but I always get some feedback. Oh, Jimmy says this and Jimmy says that. So he was a little worried. He was like, hey, even though I, I Criticized to the stars, which I guess he has some some problems there. Um, you know I, that doesn't reflect on you at all. And I was like, I don't know why it would, and I don't know. I know some of you out there are kind of like, "Hey, we're team to the stars," which is awesome. I think that they're doing cool stuff, but uh, and they should. I would. I in fact, I don't know, I, and I'll ask Karen. I'll see what you think. I don't if you're. Into UFOs, I don't know why you wouldn't be super excited about what To the Stars is doing. Um, Some people, of course, aren't. Uh, but I try to keep at least a little bit at arm's length because I'm a journalist to say, well, uh, sure, what they're doing is cool. And sure, I'm writing about some of the stuff they're doing and it and it happens to be cool. But I'm also keeping an eye, you know, um, a critical eye on the whole situation, even though some people would say, no, you're not. You're totally snowed
0: over by those guys. But I mean, it's groundbreaking. It's a corporation, the first corporation ever that is studying UFOs. And we may need to wait a little while and be patient, but there's so many things going on with them. They are briefing senators. They're briefing congressmen. They're doing a lot of things. We just need to be a little bit patient and uh, give these people some time to show what they can do.
1: Well, and what's crazy is, you know, and and Jimmy even said this because Jimmy was like, first of all, he came over and he's like, hey. You know, and and I gave him a hug as usual, and he's like, you know, no hard feelings. I'm like, no way, dude. I'm like, you know, everybody has their own perspective, just like I've said about John Greenwald, who's been extremely critical of me. Uh, and I guess he's been on Jimmy's show, and they've been on there kind of together, like, yeah, man, those guys are lame. But whatever. Uh, and But I don't take any of that personally because they're criticizing or have different views I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. I respect that everybody has a a point of view. And I think what's great is when we can debate and and be civil and still be cool with each other. So he was like, yeah, you gotta be on the show. So he had me on the show, of course, uh, last week and... uh, I thought he was going to give me a real hard time, but he didn't. And I think the issue is mostly education. People just don't know all of the facts and the details. And luckily, I've been immersed in those. And so I was able to share that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting how emotional people do get about this subject. And people outside of the subject don't really understand it. Like, why is there so much fighting? And why is there so much emotion going on? And I think people need to take a step back and, you know, just, it's not, I mean, we just need to take a step back and give things time to come to fruition and give them a chance. I mean, their intent was because, because they're a public corporation that whatever they find, they want to share. That is their whole intent of this thing. So it's not hidden in government files, whatever they find, they are going to share with.
1: Well, I don't people. even feel it's a, it's a wait and give them a chance. We don't have to wait. They've already done a lot. And I think that's what, uh, you know, Jimmy had expressed. Well, what, what has been done? And I think that that's a, what has been done, we're hearing every day about senators coming out and saying, UFOs are seriously, uh, I have was briefed on them, and I think we need to pay more attention. This is happening right now. Right. The and president is of, saying he's briefed.
0: Right. And it's because of TTSA. And a lot exactly. of people don't understand, like, why is all this stuff, like, why are, is the Navy now reporting UFOs? Why this? Why the other things? It didn't just, it's not a coincidence. TTSa was behind a lot of these things. They're the ones who were briefing, and Lou it was briefing these people, right?
1: And as we saw on unidentified, which was great, they included this. They showed how you know they were organizing these briefings. How they got Jason uh, Graves, I believe his last name, one of the the Navy pilots, to uh, brief some senators and others uh, undisclosed undisclosed others. In Washington. So, yeah, this is a direct result of To the Stars. That's extremely exciting. That is something that many uh, people in the UFO field have been trying to do for many, many years. And To the Stars is making that happen. That's a big deal.
0: Mm hmm And just on another note, meeting Lou Elizondo for lunch could have saved our lives the other day.
1: Oh, yeah. So we were in... uh, Encinitas. In uh, San Diego, in Encinitas, which is where To The Stars uh, offices are and where our friend Lori lives. So we were at the beach near her house, and we left at about 12, 1230. Mm -hmm. The, uh, The tide was coming in, and because the tide comes in all the way up to the... The cliffs, you know, you have to get really up to the cliffs. Yeah. you
0: have to have your chair right against the wall. So that's mm-hmm. what we were doing. And even, you know, you have your chair and the, the water's coming up to your feet. Um, so, yeah, that's what it was like. And then three hours later after we left, and you probably have heard on the news that a cliff collapsed and killed three people. And that's the exact spot that we were at just three hours earlier.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, a few feet from us, but, I mean, a few feet, like uh, – very very close so in the pictures you can see the the lifeguard tower and we had put our stuff on that tower and were just to the right of that tower and just well, we were between that.
0: the collapse and the, the lifeguard tower
1: no yeah we the were. collapse was on the other side of us from the lifeguard tower yes it was uh no it wasn't i don't know why you're debating <laughs> that but okay um yeah, so the collapse was was on the other side. But anyways, it was very, very close. It, it was, was within that. feet from us.
0: Yes, it was. We were pretty lucky that day. And then our luck actually held, and we went to the Delmar Mar racetrack later, later that day, and we actually won some money.
1: Yeah, so our very first horse, Super Bunny, came in really well. But anyway... So uh, that was our week. Uh, that's why uh, the you know bunch of craziness. The whole time we've also been taking phone calls and registering people for the Congress and working on all these details. So even when we were at the beach, it was it was unfortunately not always the best beach experience because we're on the phone and we're on our computers. We had to go, you know, while our kids essentially are at the beach we had to run to starbucks and and call people and organize stuff and update websites and blah blah blah
0: but you know if you have to work it's a nice place to work i'll give you that
1: yeah it's a little bit better scenery and uh and the weather's much better than at least phoenix right now yeah
0: oh and i got we have one more last ex- adventure on our adventures one last okay. almost mishap We were going back to Palm Springs through Temecula, and I'm at the top of the mountain, and my low fuel goes off, and I had no fuel left whatsoever. Did not know if we were going to make it back, but luckily we coasted for like 20 miles, didn't have to use my gas pedal at all, and we barely made it.
1: I don't know that we barely made it. I think we had gas. We were on empty, empty,
0: empty, empty. It was crazy. It was a crazy week.
1: Yeah, so it was a wild week, but uh, we got back. We've been back all week uh, working on the conference, and we still are. And essentially, that's what we wanted to share with you some more information about the conference. Um, You know, earlier we were talking about To the Stars, and uh, when I was on Jimmy Church, and he asked a question, uh, and he kind of, and people have been doing this kind of, and in a way, I'm honored, lumping me in with uh, people like George Knapp. Uh, And Leslie Kane and Brian Bender. Um, And I'm extremely honored because these are all great, great journalists. So George Knapp, of course, works for KLAS. He's been breaking the latest and greatest when it comes to To the Stars and the Pentagon ATIP project. And he's going to be sharing more of that sort of thing at the UFO Congress. Um, so he's a he's got tons of awards. Great journalist. Leslie Kane is probably you know everything she writes. She's kind of like the the uh, she's got the golden touch in ufology. Everything she writes becomes viral. Uh, and she always when she writes UFO stories. And then of course there's Brian Bender, uh, who is the political defense uh, editor. And, uh, you know, there's kind of this sense that we are all kind of backing um, to the stars. And, and it's kind of a funny comment because I don't know that that is the case with any of us at all, but especially Brian Bender. So I had him on the show, of course, recently, and we talked about all of this. But Karen and I have been spending some time with Brian and... And it looks like this is the only outstanding question, but I think we're going to have this what sounds like worked out, where on Saturday at the the Congress, we're going to have a panel. Uh, I'm going to moderate, and it'll be George Knapp. You know this. He's won like 28 Emmys. These are local regional Emmy Awards, but uh, he's won Peabody Award. He's won all Edward R. Murrow he's Award. He's, he's won all these awards. He's great. And then we're going to have uh, Brian Bender. And we'll have this great panel. Bender, of course, has been a war correspondent with the Boston
0: Globe. Yeah, he was embedded in Iraq.
1: Yeah, and, and Afghanistan, I think he mm-hmm. said. So all over the place. He's got these incredible stories. And he is in, like, you know, he's got all of these incredible connections in the Defense Department throughout the different services and agencies. But, um, I'll, I'll you know... As another perspective, I mean, you know from our conversations, Karen, I mean, he really is indifferent when it comes to, to the stars, even more so than we are, because he's not even like a UFO guy. He's no, like,
0: he's just a reporter. He's just yeah. reporting the facts, finding the facts, and reporting them as he sees them. He doesn't have a, what is it, a horse uh, in the race? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have any, you know, he's not tr- doesn't carry it one way or the other. And a lot of people don't know this is... He's on almost every show, I think he might be on every show, but he had no idea
1: uh, unidentified human.
0: yeah on unidentified how how much he would be on there and in fact, every appearance on his show was actually done in one afternoon like a three hour interview, so he didn't realize he was gonna be on so many uh um episodes,
1: episodes.
0: so yeah that's interesting, so um yeah, so it wasn't like you know he went to the studio and he kept going back and he was like involved. He just was asked to do an interview and he and he did and it lo and behold it just was a big part of the show.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is going to be a lot of fun because we'll be able to see just how different. So for instance, uh, Brian Bedder, Bender has amazing connections when it comes to the government and defense uh george knapp of course has amazing connections when it comes to robert bigelow so i think this is what's going to be interesting is how differently uh they both approach this story to cover it and uh and i don't know that they have even discussed this very much if at all between each other at all. No, I don't think so. Yeah, so this will be, this is going to, I am so freaking excited for this. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and you have to come to the conference to find this stuff out. You're not going to be able to hear it anywhere else.
1: So who, we have Kevin Day first on Saturday. right? And then we have uh, Jeremy. Uh, Kevin Day, of course, being the uh, radar guy who, you know, I've interviewed and we talked about earlier on the USS uh, Princeton, who guided essentially the uh, F-18 fighter jets to intercept These UFOs in 2004 that have become such a big deal, you know, Commander Fravor uh, intercepted that large 40-foot tic-tac-like object. So, Kevin Day will be there. And then we'll have Jeremy Corbell sharing uh, information about his Bob Lazar and Area 51 and Skinwalker movies, but also sharing Area 51, uh, you know, upcoming event information – details that uh will be very important i think for everybody who's who's (laughs) contemplating going out there and uh then after lunch then there'll be lunch and then there'll be george knapp he'll be giving his own presentation on updates about a tip and probably some information we haven't heard before and then after that that panel with uh brian bender and george knapp so that's going to be incredible and
0: finishing up the day with david hatcher Mm-hmm. David Hadre Children Who's that? Of, he's on ancient aliens of course. <laughs> he, he's a great guy, he's known as the Indiana Jones of the ancient alien field, so he's great. So that's our Saturday. Um th- and speaking of tidbits from uh A tip, uh I hear that Chase, our good friend Chase Kletsky also might have a little bit of information for us that no one knows about. Oh, what? On A tip? Yeah. Oh, really? Yes, I got an email. So if you want to find out what that's all about, you'll have to come. And I, I just love having um, the conference because I get to see all my good friends. Um, there's some great people. Like Chase is our uh, one of our friends. Mark D'Antonio. Well, when is Chase speaking? She is our opening act. She'll be Wednesday morning, bright and early. Chase classy's going to talk about uh, the game changers in the UFO field. So you've got to come to that. She's got tons of energy. She's fun and she's very interesting. So... I really recommend coming to that
1: yeah and what's interesting what's cool about her she's recently gotten a lobbying she's like an official lobbyist in washington dc and uh, danny silva of the silver record just posted an interview with her that he did that was really good so it's a it's a text interview but you can go to the silver record to check that out but we've got to take a break right now so we're going to take a quick break if you're listening on a radio station then you will uh, hear some commercials so be sure to patronize some of these great people are helping keep uh, these stations on the air otherwise if you're listening to the podcast you'll hear a short musical interlude and then we'll be right back with karen bard talking more about the ufo congress see you soon Welcome back to Open Mind UFO Radio. This is your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I am here with Karen Broad, who is the owner-operator of the International UFO Congress in its 28th year, happening September 4th through the 8th in downtown, in the heart of downtown Phoenix. And there's a couple things that uh, you mentioned. One thing you mentioned before the break, but during the break, you wanted me to tell everybody that <laughs> you were right. I guess I misunderstood what you said. We were in between the collapse and the um, lifeguard, lifeguard Tower. Lifeguard Tower. I thought you said the opposite, that the collapse was in between.
0: Mm-mm.
1: It would have been very small. But that's such a, that was such a sad story. Yeah. But we won't get into the details of that. You can go read those on the news if you feel so uh, like you want to get more information on that. But before we uh, were left, you were talking about Mark D'Antonio. What's so special about this presentation from Mark D'Antonio?
0: Well, Mark D'Antonio has only told this story um, in public, I think at the Phoenix MoveOn meeting. But he has his own experiences with Unexplained entities. He usually is so hard on everyone when it comes to the photos, so everyone thinks he's a debunker and he never believes anything is anything but a plane or a bird. But in fact, he has his own experiences and he's going to share that some pretty wild things. So
1: he's a wild man.
0: I will just say it's a close encounter of the Fourth kind.
1: Ooh, sounds very interesting. So yes. that's going to be a lot of fun. And there's also, this is something I think is really important with the Congress. Two things. First of all, I think that we've always had more women than mostly speakers. I don't think MUFON had any, did they? I don't know. I didn't get to hear any. But, um, and, and I just think that we all need to be, you know, better at that. And But although I did my best. And I think, you know, the open minds crew, when we used to have the Congress did our best, you've done a really good job, a better job at that. Um, and so we have, you know, a Why, really good you. mix. Um, so who are some of these speakers that, uh, they may not have seen before?
0: Well, I know, uh, Lisa Tenney is, um, she's, you know, I've, I actually found her online on, on a video. She's had experiences or she had experiences when she was a child, her and her sister, um, of being abducted, being taken through walls and not knowing how that happened. But so I'm really excited to meet her and to hear her story in person. She just seems like an incredibly nice person, too. Like she is you'll just enjoy her. And she's going to have a table there also. Um, she does like counseling. She she became a counselor because she um that's just kind of person and she's very into human emotions and um but very believable totally credible so i'm glad that we got to bring her and i think everyone will enjoy her and uh there's a few people that i haven't heard yet even though they've done a few lectures this year uh terry lovelace who was an attorney and uh did not uh tell his story in public until he retired so now he's um telling his story now he also had a uh ufo or fourth kind, what close encounter of the fourth kind? Um, he has mm-hmm. a book, incident at Devil's Den, and uh, so he's going to be speaking, and I'm and looking he, forward to that.
1: He was interviewed by Martin Willis, uh, which we listened to some of that, or we listened to that, and we really enjoyed it, and uh, Martin really enjoyed it. So to put a shout out there to Martin, and we met him. Where did we meet him? Roswell. Yeah, Roswell. Oh, and he got lucky. Like, someone didn't show up, so he got to do a talk in Roswell, right? It was something like that. But, yeah, really nice guy. And I've gotten a lot of people saying, hey, you need to have Terry Lovelace on your show. So I will at some point. But before that, if you really want to meet him in person, then you're going to need to come to the Congress and and see him there.
0: And someone who I think was more active a while ago, because it was 36 years ago when her incident happened, but uh, Debbie Jordan Cobble, um she was the subject of the book Intruders and that was a um Bud Hopkins book, correct? Mm-hmm. Um so I'm really looking forward to hearing about that. I mean I Well they I, even
1: turned it into like a movie. Yeah, it was a
0: movie. Um and uh I'm I I I really have a fascination with abductions, especially since I got to know uh Travis really well and I'm
1: Travis Walton
0: Travis Walton and I really believe his story and then you know then the Allagash people I met them and their story is completely believable and there's just some stories that you cannot especially these group abductions um, where there's more than one witness Um, there's just so many similarities and so much information that I just can't deny that these are happening to these people so that's a a personal fascination of mine Um, Dr. Michael Masters he has a book out, a new book um about maybe aliens are us from the future he's a professor and um i blanking out on the where he, he he's a uh professor but he's an active professor and uh right there at the link well i yeah, I gotta move on though. But anyway, he's great guy. <clears throat> People are really enjoying his uh, his book and his theories. Uh, Sonia Barrett.
1: Well, yeah, okay. he he is a professor of biological anthropology at Montana Tech in Butte, Montana. Uh, And what's great about that is he's using, of course, his professional experience and his knowledge to say, hey, he sees evidence that it's potentially possible these are people from the future, which I think is fascinating and something we can't rule out.
0: Mm -hmm. And he lays it out like how this can be true, you know, using um, anthropology and science uh, and how, you know, species change over time. So that is another person that I am looking forward to hearing and a new person on the scene this year. Um, And, of course, Kevin Day hasn't been uh out in public until this year, talking about his experience on the, is it the Princeton or the Nimitz?
1: He was on the Princeton, okay. but part of the Nimitz carrier strike group.
0: So he's going to talk about his experience, which people don't realize was a pretty big deal to him because this kind of changed his, what do you want to call it, uh, your worldview, sort of. Um, really kind of threw him for a loop that, what are these things and and it scared him quite quite a, to be frank it, it was a life changing experience for him so he's going to share that information i want to do one okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i've said this before and i guess i've said this on the show before now that i think about it it's not as original cuz i said it before but well i want to hear what you have to say about her uh, Tui Snyder I am very excited For her talk She is an author And a speaker And a photographer And she's not a UFO person Really Right she- That's what's exciting About her And she's going to be doing a talk because she has got really interested on this Texas airship mystery of 1897. So you may be saying airships, what the heck, big deal. Well, it's because this was essentially UFO sightings and they called them airships in 1897 in Texas. So she's done a lot of research, gotten a lot of news clippings from those events to share all of that with us. It's a fascinating event. Um, Noe Torres recommended her uh, Mm -hmm. to us. So I'm really excited to see her talk
0: yeah i am too and and by the way she's adorable too <laughs> her pictures. she's just the cutest thing but um you know she's gonna she's an author who does travel books and does a lot of research in behind her books so yeah it's gonna be very you know well laid out i'm sure
1: she just got back from this like month long or two month long cruise traveling the world exciting yeah stuff. she sounds
0: like she has a
1: fun life mm-hmm But Debbie Jordan Cobble, I'm really excited about, too. I think that a lot of people who are used to, who know Bud Hopkins' work, um, probably will be excited to meet her.
0: Yeah, I I know I am. So I'm glad she got to come. Um, Well, and Chuck Zukowski, your good friend Chuck Zukowski, I got to meet him. Chucky Z! Last year and got to be friends with him. He's a fun, fun guy. And he got a new television series this last year. So he's going to be coming and talking about their investigations and about his investigations in general. He's been in this field for a very long time. Isn't that correct?
1: Oh yeah. He's been doing this for decades. Uh, he's a lot of fun and, uh, he's one of those guys too, that you really got to hang out with. Um, He's kind of funny. He's like us. We're not big drinkers, but uh, not that that's bad because there are some drinkers and partiers, of course, and uh, you'll have to find out who those people <laughs> are. You've probably heard some of the rumors, but, uh, but he's just fun and funny. He's just a goofy guy. His website's UFO nut because he is a total nut. He's just really, but he's also very serious. And, uh, you know, he's got uh, a bit of a law enforcement background, and uh, he applies that to his investigations, as you've probably seen if you've seen Alien Highway on the Travel Channel. So that, I think, season has just wrapped up. And uh, from what I have hear, they've done very, very well. Oh, They've that's been great. included in a lot of, like, top ten lists for TV awesome. shows, new TV shows. So I think that show's them really well.
0: Yeah, on the show, you might think he's just a serious guy, but in reality, he's just really silly, actually. Well,
1: and we we saw two of his sisters at MUFON, the On oh, Symposium, yeah, right. Debbie Zegelmeyer, who's one of the board members and uh, state director out of Missouri. She's really cool. Also and then, an
0: investiga- a, a great investigator. Yeah.
1: Also speaker. a great investigator and speaker. I agree. She did a speech at Devil's Tower. Uh, I thought it was amazing uh what last last september and then uh also his sister linda who was we've seen her at AlienCon. we see her all over the place because she essentially runs the vendor tables for mufon so she travels around doing uh vendor tables yeah. and promoting mufon and selling their t-shirts and stuff
0: and i think she'll be at our conference too for the mufon yeah she will so you can say hi to her she's fun she's that whole really family cool. is it's so interesting because they're
1: they're, they're, they're all into UFOs
0: and but yeah. they're all and they're all very close and they have a good time.
1: Although Chuck says they're moving on into his territory. So
0: uh oh. Mm. And who else? Oh Chris O'Brien is very excited to come and we're excited to have him because he has uh, developed a new system, him and some scientists called UFO DAP, which is going to be monitoring UFOs in our skies.
1: Yeah, and at MUFON, and he's going to be doing this setup at our event as well, he has the whole system set up. So he's got what, you know, we've interviewed Mark D'Antonio, who we're talking about. Uh, of course, he's the MUFON video and uh, and photog- photo uh, expert analyst for MUFON, and he's on a lot of shows. He was on a NASA UFO Files and all these other shows. But uh, he was working on a project called UFO TOG with Doug Trumbull, the amazing special effects guru, but they've still been in the development phases. Some of the guys associated with To The Stars actually were working on something called UFO data, which was the same thing, kind of, you know, all this telemetry cameras and stuff to monitor the skies to, to look for UFOs and record whatever is emitted from them. Uh, But first out of the gate, you know, the last to start up, the first to actually develop a working system and deploy it is Chris O'Brien and his crew with UFO DAP. So they're going to have one of these units, essentially modified security system with a bunch of stuff added to it. And uh, he'll have that set up at the Congress where you can see it in action working. So really cool, really proud of him. Uh, he can be a bit of a controversial person in this field because he's not afraid of sharing his uh, opinions. Uh, he, he can be grouchy, to be honest. But, he can uh,
0: sometimes, but I think he I, he's... Last time, the couple times I've seen him, he seems real happy and excited about this because this is going to be something that you can actually purchase for yourself and then contribute to the uh, the database of, of information from what your system gets. The more systems they can get, the better information they'll be able to collect. So it's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, he's excited about it, and so am I. And, and I really, because he's not connected to these more well-known groups, I, I think he's right that he isn't getting the attention he should. Um, because I think what they're doing is really important, really cool. Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't want to end the show without—I um, don't know how much time we have left, but You've our got good over friends, ten minutes. Good. Well, I want to make sure that I mentioned Tracy, Tracy Garbutt, Richard Dolan's wife. She is a new person on the scene too, and she's going to be talking about remote viewing. I am so
1: frustrated because uh, I had this picture. Of Tracy and and Richard Dolan because he proposed to Tracy at the UFO Congress a couple years ago. And I have a picture right after it happened. She's holding up her hand with the, the ring. And I can't find it. I asked Richard Uh-oh. if it would be okay if I shared that. And he said, sure. And I can't find that picture. Honey, we got to find it. It'd
0: probably take you a while to look through Facebook. It's probably on there somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's on there somewhere. But I'm really excited because Tracy, I guess, is a remote viewing expert
0: yeah she's gotten trained in that so she's going to share that she's only done one other presentation before ours so it's going to be fresh and you're going to be the first people in the united states of america to hear her Mm -hmm. and of course don't richard her husband is basically the very first ufo researcher person that i ever spoke to back in 2011 so it's always good to see him because he's sort of His talk is going to be great, too. It's metamaterials
1: and the secret science of UFOs. So that's also To the Stars related because they say they've retrieved these metamaterials that they're examining. So it's going to be great to have Richard give us kind of a background of what we know about certain metamaterials. And I believe that we're starting to find out some of this material that uh, To the Stars is looking at is material we have known about and probably material that uh, Richard's going to be talking about during his talk.
0: Mm -hmm. and somebody else that's new is charlotte mann i mean she's not new in the field but she's
1: or to our conference i think she's been to everyone
0: but she's ready to talk about the incident that happened with her grandfather or father
1: grandfather so she's a little firecracker this is related to the cape Girardeau, 1941 alleged ufo crash um Some people out there are probably their ears beaked up and like, oh, yeah, I know all about that because there are researchers like Nick Redfern and uh, Ryan Wood who uh, talk a lot about this case. And uh, so Charlotte Mann came to me and essentially and she said, everybody's talking about my case and talking about what I said. And I want to tell people what I said and, and what I've seen to myself. I don't want other people to be telling everybody my story. So, uh, you know, she's this little tough lady. She's very cool. I, I love her. Yeah. And so I said, okay, great. You know, well, let's arrange this. I think we tried to arrange it last year and couldn't work it out. But luckily, we we are finally able to get this going. And so, yeah, her grandfather allegedly was the uh, was asked. Uh, you know, they came here as a reverend and said, "Can you say, give the last rites?" to these aliens that died in this crash. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, so he went and did this allegedly, and she'll tell us a story about mm-hmm. it.
0: And I mean, I mean, how could you come up with a story like that? Why would he come up with a story like that? He's a respected, um, you know, man of religion in his town, and there would be no reason for him to, to you know, hurt his own credibility by saying something like this. So um,
1: That's what a lot of people feel like. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the credibility of the case almost kind of hinges on this one person. Uh, her her grandfather, and uh, he lends credibility to the case for those reasons.
0: And, you know, why would you tell your kid and your grandkids something, something like this if it wasn't true? That's my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll uh, probably not- make up kids well, or make up stories and tell the grandkids.
0: <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but also uh, Calvin Parker, another, um, you know, an older case, but now the witnesses are coming forward. Completely crazy story. Um,
1: the Pascagoula. Yes. UFO incident. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a lot of fun. So, of course, I interviewed Calvin Parker for the show. So you guys probably heard that interview. But uh, we'll do a one-on-one where you get to meet this guy. And, uh, and you know, he. I'm laughing because he talks about fishing all the time. Yeah. When I interviewed, he said, uh, I asked him, you know, he said, he just got done fishing. And I said, what are you going to do after I'm done interviewing you? Go back to fishing. And he, told, he said, and actually, this is the way I understand it, that, uh, you know, he wrote this book with Philip Mantle. He worked with him to create this book, UK Researcher, who uh, is doing a great job kind of bringing up these old stories. And he said that they wanted to speak at the Congress. And uh, after that, he's done. Now, in between, you know, getting the book out and speaking at the Congress, he's been at many other events. And actually, he keeps getting in the news, but he says after the Congress, he's going back into hiding or just uh, not doing media, and he's just going to go back to fishing.
0: Yeah. So if you want to spend some time with him, I bet if you took him on a all-expense fishing trip, he would go yeah. for sure. So there's your in for him. Get some fishing tips. Yeah. Someone that people probably haven't, a lot of people in the UFO only world haven't heard is Sonia Barrett. Now she's an incredible person. She's an award winning documentary maker. She's also the host and producer of a radio show, The Expansion Zone, in in Los Angeles. Um, But she's going to talk about some real deep stuff, some quantum physics stuff. So. uh, Um, I think that's going to be very interesting. It's um, talking about the mind and DNA and how that affects our lives and how we think um, in our consciousness. So I think it's going to be a very interesting talk.
1: Yeah, I hope so. She seems really cool. I've heard good things. So that should be interesting. Uh, That should be a good one.
0: Because I mean, who knows what's what's going on in our world and are there different dimensions why do we think the way we do why do we do the things we do what's life what's death some really deep questions that she's going to explore
1: you know and i do i i'm kind of like uh priding myself right now on these photos because i look really hard to get some really good pictures of these guys and and looking over this they all look really good in fact someone said That's a good looking... That might be the best looking group of people you have, but I think it's mostly the photography. No, I'm just kidding. They are... Definitely, uh, just lots of happy people, lots of big smiles. It's going to be ha- cool hanging out with them. Yeah. And one of these lovely pictures with a lovely smile is Carolyn Corey, who was really exciting last year because her movie won a couple of EBE yeah. Film Awards. Oh, and we got to talk to, have some time. I'll talk a little bit about the EV,
0: EBEs in just a second. Okay, but I did want to hit on this year we're doing something a little different. Wait, let's oh. finish with Carolyn now. Okay, go ahead. I thought... Yeah, so
1: her lecture is going to be Retrace Your Past Lives and in Extraterrestrial Incarnation. So certainly uh, more of a fringe kind of topic, something that is a, a little uh, different. But, uh, you know, it ought to be interesting. She, uh, People love her films, and uh, she is a great speaker, and uh, in fact, she's you know, come to like AlienCon and some other things and, and she's gotten very popular. So the feedback uh, on her films and everything she's doing it has been really good and she's become like a friend of ours because we see her all over the place mm-hmm. and uh, I have not heard her lecture before. Uh, so this ought to be interesting and she's doing a couple lunch workshops, right?
0: That's right. Um, just She's also been on Ancient Aliens um, several times. So uh, yeah, she's going to do some lunchtime workshops one is going to be more of a kind of like a regression and you can get to uh actually they're both going to be like that they're going to be uh she's going to take you through a deep relaxation and guide you to see whether if maybe you have some things in your past or previous lives that um will connect to ufos or do you beings. think we have past lives i do
1: do you think it's possible our past lives could have something to do with aliens
0: I think it 's possible i think I think it is possible i i don't like i I totally think life, death, dimensions, past lives I do think we are we don 't go away I think we've been here for you know our souls have been in some form forever or and we go on forever that 's just how I feel
1: hmm. I know Kathleen Martin learned from Dolores Cannon, Kathleen Martin, who you know, her, her, she's the niece of Betty Hill. Uh, also, she is in charge of the experiencer research uh, group for MUFON, and she'll be doing a lunch workshop and experiencer workshops for us. She learned from Dolores Cannon, and Dolores Cannon, uh, I met before, and she believes that that a lot of people in her regressions would come from another planet uh, and or had past lives there, and she even essentially. Felt like I possibly, potentially did, and it was kind of funny because a lot of things that she did to describe, uh, you know, how I would feel or something like that were true. And she's very matter of fact. She's very. She's since passed away, but uh, Kathleen and I were talking about that at MUFON actually, and how she learned from Dolores. Yeah.
0: Well, sometimes i sometimes I've thought of all the millions of people in the world. Still, these conferences are a very small percentage. And, but they, yet we're very, very drawn to it. And we're very, very, you know, it, it kind of encompasses our life sometimes. That maybe there's a reason for that. So maybe all of us are part of this other world. Maybe our souls came from somewhere else. We're like somewhat, we
1: came from the same
0: planet? Or or just, I don't know. that Somehow we're all related. And that's why we're all drawn to each other. Hmm. But I do want to mention our experiencer sessions we're having. Uh, seven experiencer sessions throughout the day, one every morning, and then on the afternoons or evenings of Thursday and Friday. And those are going to be led by Kathleen Martin, um, Rebecca Hardcastle, right? And uh, Yvonne Smith. And so we're going to have those every day. Those are just a $30 add-on for all seven sessions. So it's like Seven hours for $30, a great bargain. So you can get your tickets. Go online and get your tickets for that. And also our lunch workshops, I just want to say we're having Travis Walton, so you can get a more intimate uh, group session with Travis and ask him any question you want. Um, Also David Hatcher, Rebecca Hardcastle. uh, Yes, Rebecca Hardcastle, Kathleen Martin, Carolyn Corey, Richard Dolan. They're all having workshops. So be sure and take a look at those and get a ticket before they sell out. Mm-hmm. And finally,
1: no, we we got the uh, we got more speakers to talk about.
0: I know, but I don't want to leave. I know. Okay, but uh, let me just shout out Ben Hansen, there's a Skywatch. We want to get another bus. We've already sold out of the first bus. So if you're interested in the Skywatch, Go online, get on the wait list, and if, once we get enough people, we'll go ahead and open another bus so you can still join Ben Hansen for the Skywatch, who, of course, has his own new show, Ghosts of Morgan City, on the Travel Channel. He was also on Sci Fi's Fact and Faked, and he's just a wealth of knowledge and a great guy.
1: I think I mentioned this, too, before, that he got this ghost video that he says is real.
0: It's amazing.
1: And if it is real, it, it is the most incredible one I've ever seen. That's it has sure. two
0: angles, two different cameras caught the same exact thing.
1: So, James Fox is another speaker. So, some filmmakers. James Fox, of course, is amazing. He's created some of my favorite uh, documentaries. uh, And he's Out of the Blue and... uh, and I know what I saw. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's a lot of fun. So he's going to be there showing uh, some sneak peeks. And finally, you know, everybody's been eagerly awaiting his new film. We don't even know what it's called. So we'll find out the name of his new film, information about when it's going to be released. And I've heard some very exciting news. I've heard so much exciting news about this uh, that I can't share. And a little bit that I can. Uh, Lee Spiegel is someone who is working Working on that with him, and Lee Spiegel just started his own radio show on KGRA. In fact, and uh, he had um, uh, Jacques Vallee on, and they talked a little bit about some of what's going to be on this film, including, you know, he broke this news actually on my show that uh, they're going to be talking about some metal and material analysis that has been done. So that's really exciting. So James ought to be good.
0: And once the film does is released, where are people going to be able to see it?
1: And he's going to be sharing that at the conference. Oh, we don't know. Great. Yeah. And, but and he's then, also
0: going to be part of a panel.
1: Yeah. And he'll be part of a panel. Um, we just confirmed this. We just even posted this today. Uh, Dean Alioto, who spoke a couple of years ago, he's the one who made that uh, this film on uh, essentially, you know, this a found this, footage. Yeah. Found footage film. And uh, so, uh, and then Keith Aram, who is also a filmmaker, he did the Phoenix Lights kind of this incident. fiction. Yeah. It was a Phoenix Lights incident fiction movie, and I busted him faking some stuff. And it wasn't really faking; it was their marketing department. But he came on the show to apologize and say, "Hey, I wasn't trying to trick people. I'm just trying to make this film. I'm into UFOs." So you may remember that he did this interview with some of us at the UFO Congress that he included with the film. However, He is also, him and Dean are working on another project where they're going to be interviewing some people at the UFO Congress. We just, uh, they were actually with us at the Den of Geek party. And uh, so that's when we kicked up this idea of putting together this filmmaker panel. So they're going to be on a panel with James and with Paul Hynek, who was a consultant for Project Blue Book and has actually worked on other film projects. So we're going to talk about all the pitfalls, what it's like when you're into this topic and you want to make some fiction or you want to do movies about it, um, fiction and nonfiction. So that's going to be a lot of fun, some Hollywood insight. There.
0: I mean, we're having so many people here. You're not going to be able And
1: to- these guys are awesome. They're so much fun. I mean, they're cool dudes.
0: Yeah. And I, I think we I think we touched on everyone that's coming. I can't believe we did it.
1: Yeah, of course we can, babe. We're awesome. Professionals, man. But we're, we're getting so excited, excited
0: in addition to being so busy, yes. every minute of the day is consumed well with planning and, this great conference for you people
1: and so you've got to come if you want to get 10 percent off use the code kgra that's still active you could use kgra to get 10 percent off when you check out and uh so go to ufocongress.com to look for uh all of this stuff the schedule and everything
0: and you buy your tickets and you can keep looking at our facebook also the ufo congress facebook for any we might have new uh, and Instagram discount codes and twitter you never know so keep your eye out and, uh, you know, make sure you get on there and did get you your tickets. Did you know we're on Twitter
1: and Instagram, too? I did know that. You did?
0: I did. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for informing me.
1: Yeah, well, I know you, the older people are on Facebook. The kids are on – well, no, the the Gen Xers, that's my generation, are on Twitter. The kids are on Instagram. True. So we got it covered, man. Yeah, we
0: got all, all – because the online tickets won't be available all – and you know all the way up to the conference so after, after a certain point i believe it's the 21st
1: Ooh, we cut off on online
0: it. sales, so if you want your tickets in the better prices, get them before we stop. we have Because we have to print up the badges, and we have to print everything, yeah. so we have to exactly. get everything finaled. So, you know, that's get what your I was tickets say before, before it's before
1: too late. You grouchy people are like, oh, why did I cut off tickets. I want to get my ticket on 22nd. You know, that's why we have to cut it off, because we have to print them. We have to make the badges. We have to that's do right. all this stuff, so that's why we have to cut off. But don't worry all of the tickets are available at the door. You can buy tickets for all of this stuff at the door. Uh, so go to ufocongress.com for more information. Otherwise, I also want to thank, speaking of Instagram, Heidi Gass, who is one of our, our no, Kevin Gassman is her buddy. Uh, but Heidi uh, Gad, who is uh, one of our volunteers, so you'll see her running around. She's been there the last couple of the years. But she's also made some of those cool Instagram videos and pictures that we've posted lately. Um, but oh, otherwise, what?
0: Do we have a few more minutes? No. We don't? Well, we're also going to have music... Live music out oh, on yeah. our patio, our overlook area, and there's going to be a bar there nearby. You can get drinks, you can go outside, listen to music. A it's, pool and a jacuzzi. There's a bar by be the pool. So fun. There's a bar over by the the live
1: music that we're going to have every night out on this really cool patio that overlooks the city.
0: And keep keep looking at the website because we might even have another event coming on Fridays, on Friday night. So.
1: So we'll see. I think that it's kind of late for that, but uh, we'll see what happens. UFOCongress.com. So thank you to Heidi. Uh, Otherwise, thank you to Martin Willis with Podcast UFO for joining us for the news at the top of the show. And uh, I want to thank uh, Caleb Hanks for the opening and close music. Of course, check out OpenMinds.tv for all of those headlines that we talked about. And I had mentioned Alejandro T. Rojas, which is uh, .com, which is my blog. And you can find me on Patreon Patreon there. Thank you so much to my Patreon people. Oh, by the way, remember this. I'm gonna have featured products. When I put up like a featured t-shirt, let me know if you like it. And if you like it and you want it. Then you can get it. You can win it. I can't like call it like I guess a door prize because they don't allow that. But essentially, when I put up these featured T-shirts or featured this or featured that, I got lots of stuff I've collected over the last couple weeks, and I want to give it away to my Patreons. But you got to be a Patreon patron for that because I want to thank all of them but you can do that for as little as a buck a month so come on you can't complain about that
0: that's a great deal
1: that's an amazing deal so look out for some cool giveaways there otherwise uh, thank you to Systematics for the bumper music and of course thank you all for listening I think I should be able to have another show next week so tune in until then adios muchachos